I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And here we are in our eighth year, Ian. We are seven, we are seven years old. We are in our eighth year. What a beautiful period of time to be alive, don't you think? That's- pretty good going i think we've done a pretty good job of this over those years i mean i don't think most things don't last nearly eight years do they no i mean i mean humans tend to but apart from that not all no that's a bit dark but welcome to another year of uh, <laughs> of podcasting uh, thank you for bearing with us as we had our christmas and new year break it was a rather fun period for all concerned um i was in edinburgh ian wasn't um that's about it really um anything you want to share from the from 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 the break uh it was nice it was nice to be off Mm. um weather was a bit disappointing i found Mm. um obviously no snow that's always a bit of a, a downer for me i do love snow at christmas um didn't drink too much had a couple of glasses of um sherry actually uh although that's a traditionally a a granny drink or a grandpa drink i still do like a tipple of sherry at christmas something my parents started many years ago nice uh, i believe andy may have had some or was it port i forget i like well port's very nice similar ideas behind them hmm. um but it's a very christmasy thing for me very good well i thank you for everyone staying with us welcome uh, in in all seriousness to another year uh, we hope of, of podcasting and, and welcome to our newest patrons who we'll get to thanking in a little bit i think we should kick off um the year by talking about something that is is dear to both of our our hearts yes. Ian. um digital sales accounting for oh. nine out of ten video games sold in the uk last year nine out of ten ninety percent Uh, And that's according to a trade body and written up by the BBC this week. Uh, The BBC wrote that Digital Entertainment and Retail Association said 89.5% of games sold had been digital downloads. So 10.5% being physical copies. 30% of those sales came from mobile apps, which obviously are all sold digitally. Um, But in total... Uh, the BBC continues, the gaming industry accounted for £4.7 billion of sales in the UK uh, last year, which is higher than film, television and music, and not for the first time, which I think is quite significant. Um, There are some caveats to this figure of 9 out of 10 games being sold digitally, uh, which is, most importantly, I think that they are estimates estimates that the ERA has pulled together, uh, because digital stores like your man Steam, your lady PlayStation, the... the, uh, that, that's the other that's, ones the other Epic. ones uh, they don't have to report sales um gamesindustry.biz separately said that this report was based on preliminary figures they're going to be published in full in in march uh but for and for games i think so they pulled physical sales from gfk uh then digital revenue came from omdia which does the estimates for online and mobile and things and then some of the chart information came from some other places so it's a bit of a mishmash but the point that they were all making is that it is a respectable mismatch mesh mash 
Um, and uh, digital sales grew last year and physical sales fell. So we are very much, as far as the UK is concerned, and this is true of other countries too, we are almost in an exclusively digitally sold games market like i know it's 90 percent. that still means 10 percent, and that's still an enormous amount of money and a huge number of games but those are going to be games and correct me if i'm wrong here ian these are going to be your big triple a titles that are easy to gift um they're easy to sell through supermarkets and things um but realistically their days are numbered right i would imagine so <clears throat> i mean this doesn't actually surprise me it surprises me when it can't well i would be surprised if this was just consoles because I feel like when it comes to a console, you sort of really have to watch those guys. And buying a digital version on a PS whatever. A I mean, PS font. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, obviously, the PS5 is very current. That's not likely to be a problem. PS4, yeah, that's still current. But PS3, they did try to shut that store down, didn't they, some time ago? Um, which people reacted very poorly to, as you can imagine. Because... You know, once you start to shut things down, people can no longer buy them anymore. Plus, uh, it's so essentially making the console somewhat pointless, but also meaning that, um, you know, servers end up getting shut down, etc., which is a real shame because if you think, you know, t- talking about the original NES, you can still play those things. You won't likely be able to play a PS3 game in. 25 years time is is what is most likely to happen uh so it it does it feels to me like it's a bit of a shame now on a pc with steam or epic or one of those providers there's a much more of an expectation that it will continue to function that they will even if even if the whole world of computing slightly changes um that they might may even do patches for bigger games to keep them current which is good so i feel personally a lot happier about spending money on Steam than I would about getting a Nintendo game from the Nintendo store, which well, sh- I never do, and well, also sh- they're never cheaper. Charlotte points out that it is, it's a shame because the retro gaming market is so strong, and that is absolutely yeah. right. There's a huge nostalgia for people. I mean, a lot of games that were popular in the, in the 90s are now with, within the grasps of remakes or what have you but those original games do still exist and physical copies are the best way of preserving them um unless you're john in our live chat who says that he keeps a ps3 as a storage solution for all of his old games which is Mm. a very good idea because they will be playable as he says in 25 years time and he backs up the hard drive in that too which is a good idea in principle yeah i mean don't you isn't part of your christmas routine every year breaking out the retro games it is, but it's become a little difficult. The the, ah. the, the game that Andy and I play um, is a game called Cool Borders, which was released about 1996 for the PlayStation. And to this day, there hasn't been a single Christmas where we haven't played it, even though on a couple of years, it was almost a token play just so we didn't lose the streak. But it's become a real tradition, you know, up there with, for other families, arguments or... Um, <laughs> I don't know, affairs being outed, which apparently is a really common thing at Christmas. A lot of people... Really? Yeah, uh, something to do with... Um, Having peop- the whole family together and... N- no, it's something to do with um, somebody noticing that a, that a spouse um, had, you know, a receipt for an expensive item or, uh, or spotted a gift under a tree or a box for something, but then not receiving that gift at Christmas, causing paranoia to go to a a bit of a showdown and um and affairs being outed. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um but um 
but yeah we do still play that but the problem is is that we lost the physical copy of of cool borders and so for the last few years um i've had to recourse uh, as i did in fact this year to a rom of the original cool borders which i then loaded into a game uh, an app called retro arch in steam and then we used steam link to play that rom on uh, via the that Apple doesn't TV. sound as good at all honestly that sounds actually quite dismal it was an acceptable experience and i mean that honestly we played it on a several occasions for a decent amount of time it's not the oh, same and okay. it's not as good but when no. the alternative is not playing it at all well yes quite Kate asks, why don't I just buy it on eBay? Partly because I bought it on eBay once before and I'm determined to find the disc. Um, well, it must be around somewhere. Somewhere, indeed. <laughs> um, I'm surprised it wasn't kept with the console. I mean... Well, it, 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 may, it may be. I just don't know where that is either. Um, oh. Captain Kremen, uh, and welcome, uh, who is a, a, a new live listener, welcome to you, uh, it says, I use RetroPie for old stuff. Do you know RetroPie? Excellent, Yes. I've not used that. What is it? Well, you, you get yourself a nice cheap Raspberry Pi for 40 quid, plug it into the HDMI port on your TV, uh, load it up with all the ROMs you want, and it, it's more than capable of emulating, uh, you know, NES games and stuff like that. That's a lovely idea. That's um, a very can, nice idea. I mean, I tell you, and, and I'm sure Captain Kremen will go will happily talk us through this, uh, but you can go quite deep with these things. Like, you can fake scanline in, interleave things, so you get, like, the original sort of you know the sort of you can see the gap between the lines because yeah. that's how they were originally done uh you know all sorts of things like that there's all sorts of upscalers and technologies to make them look decent on modern tvs which obviously aren't designed and some people go out and buy old crts just to play retro games because the experience is so different i want to say that that's overkill but i actually no. i'm probably the kind of person that would do that partly because i know that i want to buy a mid 90s macintosh specifically uh, so i can play sim city 2000 on it and have the authentic uh, experience that i had playing that game in the 90s um, there's th- yeah I, and um uh, that sounds like a delightful idea um although i don't would it, would your experience be worse in an emulator i'm not sure it would i think it depends on the emulator some of them are very good because they can emulate clock speeds quite effectively which some of the older ones couldn't so you'd play an old game and it would it would play at the speed of light I remember trying to play the original XCOM enemy unknown through an emulator that didn't correctly yeah. emulate the clock speed and it was damn near impossible but this one works perfectly ret- via retroarch at least it was very good um yeah. so i think there's a lot to be said for this and i don't know how these like sales of old games factor into the into the charts because the real resale market doesn't or wouldn't but if you're buying something from say gog good old games which is a fantastic resource um then i mean it's in their interest to keep that sort of thing alive because then you can make money from these old games and and not have people recoursing to roms and Uh, and such yeah i mean the thing is it's so easy to pirate old games because they're what 200 kilobytes or something like that you know it's not it's not a challenge really um and they run on they run well on modern hardware um so you know realistically it's it's ever so easy but nintendo particularly doesn't help itself by making everything more difficult than it needs to be um and and like you say you know these games are they're fun and people love to go back and 
play them and re- remember the memories or introduce a whole new generation to them. Like um, my son got a little tiny handheld uh, with some sort of they're, they're not they're not actually licensed games. They're kind of rip offs of popular games. But he was really taken with it, found it really cool. So, that you know, these games are timeless, even though, they, you know, not the most sophisticated things. Kate in live chat says, I used to get my PS1 out of my birthday every year and play Tekken, but it didn't work this year for some reason, which is a which is a which is a shame. Um, I I know that yeah we didn't we couldn't find a memory card but I have since found that memory card I forgot to tell you Kate apologies uh, I found that memory card um, so the other question or the other thing I was going to mention is the difficulty with preserving some of these old games or rather games that were not either only released digitally or never had a physical version or for some other reason can't be preserved is unlike movies where to watch a film you just need the file with any kind of old game that is no longer being made available, you, you need an emulator, which has mm. its legal question marks. You need an interface. You need a controller of some kind, which needs to be mapped correctly. And there's a whole world of maintenance required in order to keep those sorts of projects ongoing. So it's and a real... And besides hardware breaks as well and mm. can't easily be replaced. Um uh, the, uh, you can do you can go to all sorts of lengths like for example that there are people who are disassembling old NESs and putting them in newer smaller more compact boxes <clears throat> with extra features and stuff like that enabling things that you might not have had the first time around uh, like uh, component out and stuff like that but do you think um do you think that the the physical game market is essentially doomed i mean i don't want it to be because I still believe that people should have the right to sell games they no longer play. But and no, I would no, like. Let's let's say differently. Let, let's assume that sure. the resale market will continue, but yes, actual well, but yes. f- physical releases of 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 games is that. I mean, are you going to be able to still go down to a store or even even buying from an online retailer? Well, they're still selling consoles with physical media, so yes, I don't and, until. Until they, that we start to see that decision completely reverse, like the next Xbox, if it doesn't have an option for a Blu-ray drive, then I think at that point it, it should be considered dead because I, I would say it is dead for PCs now. I don't think there's anything being produced on CD. Is there, I mean, or DVD? I mean, I presume you can buy games on I, disc still, but is I, that a thing? I, I actually think you can. Um, you probably th- can, but who has a DVD or a Blu-ray drive in their computer these days? I do. Do you? Yeah. Huh. I'm noticing um, The Witcher 3 notably is still available on PC, although it's marked for Windows 7, which gives you some idea of when it was manufactured. Mm. Um, but that's a that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, PC game... I mean, we've we've known for the longest time that Steam is the biggest games retailer in the world. It's just that it doesn't count a lot of the time because people are only looking at physical sales. But if you incorporated Steam, it would eclipse any retailer, even oh, Amazon. Absolutely. And that's because they nailed the experience. Steam isn't annoying to use for the most part. I would rather get my games on Steam, and sometimes that's not possible. Or sometimes you get it on Steam and it's activated through a third party. And I'm tr- I mean, those are the worst experiences you can possibly have. Um, deeply annoying but you know uh, it, that is the way it's going it is a much less user-friendly experience i think 
um, and having a, a, a disc. I mean, obviously it's a pain. You get you know you get your game on Christmas Day and you have to install it, and it takes a while because you can't run it off a Blu-ray or whatever. Um, but you know, even it, it's still something about having a disc. It just feels safer somehow. Uh, I've just done a search on a popular e-commerce website um, uh, for, and I, I just browsed. I went to games. I went to PC. I went to PC games. Um, most of the results are for games, but they are for codes. Unsurprising. Yeah. <clears throat> Battlefield. Yeah, unsurprising. Minecraft. So you have to spend all day downloading 120 gigabytes. Yes. Um, or, but then you'd have that problem with the physical disk anyway, because you'd install 120 gigabytes, and then you'd have to download day one patch of 120 gigabytes. Yeah. Um, so really, uh, there's it is almost pointless having physical media these days because that's just the way every game seems to be in the none top, of them are finished in the top 10 uh pc game results category that i have here there is one game that appears to ship on a physical dvd for pc would you like to hazard a guess what that game is i'll be honest with you it's not what i would guess it's not an obvious one what so, so this is a game a modern game that you can still buy it on a DVD. Wait, hang on. Or, no, I, or is it a Blu-ray? I'm lying. The picture was deceptive. Okay. Uh, it no. actually says in the description, digital download. So yeah, none of them are, are physical discs. Um, well, that's depressing. Yeah, it is a bit. Mm. But then again, I, I feel oh, wait, like... Wait, 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 wait. I found yes. one. I found oh, one. Right. Flight Simulator 2020. PC, oh, really? It's specifically marked as a, a P, as a PC disc. Yeah, well, it's DVD and, and it's 10 of them. It's not even a Blu-ray. What? <laughs> it's 10 DVDs. Yeah, that could they have been... They must have done some research or something and worked out that literally no one has a Blu-ray reader in their PC. That's amazing. Because that could have... I mean, that's what... That's under 50 gigs. So that could have been one Blu-ray. But it's not. It's 10 DVDs. Wow. That's cray in the... In the... in the What is it? Is it? A... It's crazy in the, in the membrane. Yeah. Yeah. Mad. Okay. Okay, that well, weird. I think we've exhausted that topic, but I'm interested in our listeners' views on this. Send us an email if you have them to hello at uktechshow.com. Well, this week, uh, in additions to dumb moronery, comes the police and the Federation Against Copyright Theft, or FACT, uh, and their campaign against people trying to watch football. Uh, West Mercia Police, the UK's fourth largest police force, is using valuable cop time to remind people that streaming sports demands you hand over your pound of flesh to a broadcaster or you're funding organised crime. Um, Detective Inspector Matt McNeils, is that how you say that? I don't know, Mac- McNellis? I think McNellis. McNellis of West Mercia's cybercrime specialist operations said West Mercia police worked in partnership with FACT and other agencies during Operation Raider to prevent criminal activity and raise public awareness around illegal streaming services. We're able to deploy cutting edge digital tactics to identify and detect people who break the law before carrying out enforcement activity in concert with our partners. Often illegal streaming is used to fund serious organised crime. That is capitalised. Uh, and West Mercia Cybercrime Unit is committed to in, inter, interdicting this source of criminal revenue and reducing the harm of organised crime groups can do to our communities. 
well there you go Nate they do football ma- yeah, they do funding make- serious organised crime they do make it sound like if you illegally stream a football game you are encouraging human trafficking basically yes and I don't believe that but I don't have any evidence to the contrary which makes it very difficult for me to make that point um, if you want my personal opinion most most of these streaming people um, are often one-man bands you know that they've they've worked out how to make it work from a you know from, from a physical perspective out of interest they have can I just interject yes, yes of course what you can. what is the kind of nutshell way of doing a stri- having a stream like this well you would basically find a foreign broadcaster more than likely that was showing a match now that might be a european broadcaster that's got it free to air or it might be an american broadcaster that's showing it on a or sports network or it might even be sky or bt and you're capturing their stream and redistributing it the purpose of which is that people who have these sort of preloaded fire tv sticks have something installed on them it used to be cody i'm pretty sure it isn't anymore um which would give them access to those libraries cody was more of a kind of media file streaming thing so you would someone would have like a g drive a google drive with loads of movies on it and you could connect to that and hundreds of others um and watch stuff that i don't see and and the idea then it's it's not so much for you to port that tv to yourself in another room or another house it's to enable lots and lots of people you do not know to stream something that they should be paying for exactly so that so they're paying what maybe a fiver a month and they're getting access to a whole bunch of live channels including probably most of sky's stuff um you know and so it's it obviously it's not great like i mean i get it but there is also another issue and i'm sure as a non-football fan like me uh, you will perhaps be only be vaguely aware of the 3pm rule, which means that if you're that you can't watch football matches that are on at three o'clock on a Saturday or something like that. But a lot of people are like, well, I can't go out, I have family, I'd like to watch the match. Why can't I watch it live? Um, and so that's part of this as well. And in other countries, of course, all, all the matches are available at the time they're played. Um, so that so you know there are a bunch of reasons people do this. It might be that they can't afford it. I mean. You know, Sky and BT Sport and others have really lowered themselves into a pit of their own making here, haven't they? By pricing some people just completely out of the market. Because... Well, I'm, what I'm interested in here is, I mean, we, we, yes. we saw this story on the Mirror, yes. um, which said it had this as a, as a as a scoop, and I think that's where our quote comes from. And we've got we'll have it as, as pushing it a bit, mate. It's just from the press release. I just went to the fact website and got oh, the it? press release. It's oh. basically that. Oh right, fair enough. Well, um, we'll include a link to both of those in uh, in yeah, the show sure. notes at uktechshow.com. But the fact is, they headlined this: police to visit a thousand homes yes. and crack down on illegal Premier League streams. This is presumably people getting knocks on the door because they have bought one of these products and presumably that's my understanding yep. those people have now <clears throat> been knocked up so to speak <laughs> yes and, that would have probably happened yesterday i mean that's i mean if you're one of these people let us know how that went yeah but um but presumably you're you know in, in prison so um <laughs> no no this was i believe an exercise in warning people right um so i don't think it doesn't sound like they'll be doing any prison time it's i feel like it's more of an intimidation tactic i put in these scripts a sort of mafia style visit from amazon prime bt sports sky and fifa nice eyes you've got there it'd be a shame if they were in prison um (laughs) because obviously you know ultimately they could perhaps arrest and charge you for this and 
if possible, persuade a court to send you to prison. I think it's very unlikely. Really, the only wins here are... It's the same with drug dealers. You know, the win is getting the people supplying the content. It's not on locking up the individual person who either can't afford or doesn't want to pay Sky 20 quid a month for football. Um, it reminds at, me yeah. of the... Um, the I say myth, I'll come back to this, but the, the myth that if you don't pay a license fee, there are you know men in black in vans driving around <laughs> knocking on your door saying we notice you're you're watching tv without a license and yeah. the reason i say this question mark over the myth is because i know for a fact that my mum had one of those visits so they did happen i wouldn't believe well, it if it was anybody else although it was this was a van though was it they just knew what addresses had a license and what didn't yeah but, and then just assumed that everyone without a license was illegally watching live tv well why why <laughs> why, why wouldn't you you know. Well, back in, back in the day, it was much more likely. These days, you're far more likely to be watching Netflix, and that isn't covered by the license fee. You know, you can legally watch as much on-demand content as you want, as long as it's not live. Mm. So, you know, they're, they're, I mean, obviously, I strongly believe the license fee is a good thing, but I also feel like it's just enforced by idiots, uh, which is true, it is. Um, you know, and so I, it's it's one of those things. It's it's like there's a movement of the, the times. And I mean... It used to be a lot easier to steal Sky stuff and Virgin. You know, you could just Did either plug in a little adapter or get, a, you know, a card sharing thing where the encryption keys shared over the internet. <laughs> but technology's meant that these things are impossible now. So everything's gone online. Hmm. You seem to know an awful lot about this. Yeah, I mean, I found it. I find it fascinating. Mm. Yeah, that's the. I mean, I do want to actually make that point as well. I mean, not not because I do it, because I actually have access to most things I'd want to watch and quite a lot of sporting events I don't care about. But um, I I would say that sometimes people do things because they're interested in them and not necessarily particularly bothered about defrauding anyone or you know taking something without paying for it they're just kind of interested in how the technology works yeah i mean um, i would put myself I, in that category and that's not because i, I would illegally streaming any sports because no. you know you'd have to pay me to even want to watch <laughs> well, them exactly. for most of the time um but there is that curiosity like can i do something like that yeah Exactly, and I and I found myself enraptured with that same curiosity, which is mm. why I have looked into these things and, in in some cases, experienced them. Um, you know, I put an aerial on my roof yes. because I realised that I could hook up an aerial and capture Freeview via my media server that allows me to watch live TV on my phone where I want yes. it without having to go through a variety of different broadcasters' horrible apps with their horrible yeah. pre-roll apps, <laughs> just Freeview. Yeah. You know, totally legitimate, totally legal. Um, but part of it, part of the reason I wanted to do it wasn't because I was desperate to watch live TV. It was more that I noticed that it was something that was possible and therefore I wanted to do it. Yeah. You know, we have You'll actually watched never some live stuff it. since. No, we oh, have. have yeah, Kate was watching uh, Nick Knowles' Big House Clear Out, which is on Channel 5. Uh, watch right. that watch that live live on five so Brilliant. you know that's money uh money well spent i suppose mm. yeah. question mark well, well done well um, if 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 yes if yes. anyone yes. listening has any views <laughs> on this uh if well, uh, you, did you get a knock please get in touch yeah if you're in prison uh, and you've been given access to the um the jail's uh, uh, pc for your private time then uh, do send us an email to hello at uktechshow.com and we'll look forward to hearing about what prison life is like
Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons uh, for supporting us directly, not least because we're in a new year and we've had some new people join us uh, or renew. Uh, Michael Kalbeck, welcome to you. Dave Seath, Ross George, Tom Mooney, uh, not to mention everybody who's listening live and has been supporting us for a long time. Um, If you would like to join them, and we would love you to try us out uh, this year, uh, you get the full version of the show every week without ads. You can listen live. You can get the back catalogue of recordings if you want. You get extra message, and I must say, Ian's extra message, the most recent one on the feed at the moment, uh, about um, how companies like Netflix and others decide when to cancel programs and when to just decide that a popular show... It's, it's worth killing um, it is 17 minutes of your life that you won't get back however <laughs> you won't be mad that you've lost that 17 minutes could, because you, could I just say that that story has taken a new and even dumber turn now because some broadcasters in America are cancelling shows that they have made and not aired the latest is my own personal favourite um, Snowpiercer which will not air on TNT in the States even though it's finished um, it has. A, there is an international deal with Netflix, which I suspect won't be affected. But they're just not airing shows because I guess they have to pay people. Uh, you know, like when when they air stuff, it's insane. Okay, well that's ridiculous, and that requires possibly even a follow-up but um, another one but yeah. for, the, for the time being it's worth listening uh, and if anyway if you're interested in in, in joining us uh, patreon.com forward slash uk tech uh, that's where to go links in the show notes as always uh, and if you are one of those people you're about to hear uh, this week's third and indeed fourth discussion stories uh, one of which i should warn you does involve ian having to do some acting oh. Sam Fitzpatrick wrote in. Um, he sent us an email from uh, based on, I think, a conversation we had in our last episode uh, before our break. We talked about the Department for Transport saying that um, major airports were going to have to install new tech so they could see better images of what's inside passengers' uh, bags. Uh, I'm sick of my own voice, Ian. I wondered, would you like to read this email? Yeah, sure. Hi, Nate and Ian. London City Airport already have one of those fancy scanners, and it's been a welcome surprise each time I've experienced it. I look forward to it being UK-wide. However, surely we only realise the true benefits uh, when it's also the case at most airports worldwide. Otherwise, we'll end up taking bottles of sunscreen to put to Spain, only to have to still ditch it on the way back and will people bother to check in if the airport coming back has modern scanners probably not so i expect the mini bottles security rule to last for a while longer sadly uh have a nice christmas obviously said before christmas sam we did thank you sam i did. did too <laughs> we did and it's a good point yeah um we, we talked a lot about w- w- whether the improvements to the technology uh how how that means that you can take smaller bottles of liquid through security but yeah if you if you can't bring something back, then there may not be the point in taking it in the first place. Well, for, for some yeah, things. Quite. Yes, yes, that's a perfectly valid point. Mm. Uh, thank you, Sam. Hello at uktechshow.com. That's where Sam sent the email. And if you want to be as smart as Sam, then uh, you can do the same. Another person who is as smart as Sam, at least as smart as Sam, uh, is Tom Merritt, who hosts Daily Tech News Show and is going to tell us all about what's been going on on DTNS this week. Tom. This week on Daily Tech News Show, why Gen Z folks are embracing standalone digital cameras. Hey, they're back. Robert and Patrick from AVXL joined us to tell us why bright OLEDs are the big TV news out of CES. A study shows that Twitter posts had almost no effect on the 2016 U.S. presidential election. What we think of the U.S. president's three-part plan to tackle big tech. 
One part sort of makes sense. And Bodie Grimm from the Kilowatt Podcast tells us the EV trends from CES worth paying attention to. All that and much more at dailytechnewsshow.com. And I've got to say, I, was t- I said to Tom the other day that this was a year where I read almost no CES news at all. I, my, mm. All of my news from CES came from from DTNS. So yeah, some great it's, it's, some great summaries and wrap ups. It's n- nice to have someone do that all that legwork for you. It's great it? having <laughs> run around CES <laughs> many times. It's one of those things that sounds luxurious, uh, but is actually a massive. I, I still I miss it I still miss it I'd yeah. go every year if I could yeah me too I kind of miss it but it's sort of like it's, it's the rose tinted specs you know you miss the, the terrible ex-girlfriend because um, <laughs> you yeah. forgot that she was a problem I may be speaking um, from personal did they, experience they talk about um, touchscreen Max we didn't touch on that pun we intended obviously ah, we didn't touch on that no um, I, uh, well give yes. me a summary I mean this comes from a Bloomberg source, right? But do you think it'll happen? Uh, yes. Uh, I see. I think it's a massive mistake. I'm not saying I don't think it'll happen. I just think that they what they said the first time was absolutely right. It's a terrible ergonomic way of using a laptop. Uh, I mean, my general view, and I say this as a colleague of Mark Gurman because he works at Bloomberg as well, uh, I tend not to gamble against things he says. It, <laughs> He's that way. very, very accurate. That is certainly the case. But I, even so, it doesn't change my opinion that it's. And people in when I was mentioned it on Twitter, people were like, "Oh well, um, the Surface operates well." And I'm like, "Yes, it's a tablet, and the iPad has a keyboard, but it's still a tablet." And when it, when it's docked, I don't tend to use the screen anyway. I yeah, never mind. But it, it just I don't know. There are it's a couple of these things. There are a couple of years away. Touchscreen MacBook Pros. I think I think it'd be interesting. Well, um, it'd be interesting if they could do something useful with it for the mm. first time, literally ever. Uh, John in the live chat says okay. we already have touchscreen MacBook Pros. They're called iPads. It's true. Hmm. Well, let if you let us know uh, how you like to be touched, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hello oh, at uktechshow.com is where you can send it. Uh, I know Ian's answer to that question, and he knows mine. Um, we will share it if you do uh, otherwise we're going to have extra message coming up later this week i'm going to record it from a forest uh, most likely ian isn't because he doesn't need to do one this week uh, but you do get the final words uh, as we play the outro music here mr morris it doesn't matter what, what you tell me about where you like to be touched i'm not sharing that information Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.